Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Two Brothers channel. I'm one brother. And I'm the second brother. Welcome, everybody. Good evening. And over to... Rika. Hello. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, look... Um, we, we, we might just surprise you with another person one of these days, people. Yeah, 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 but you do know that Rika is our... <laughs> so when you might not say welcome, you might just kiss somebody else, so I won't be you know, too comfortable. I see, I see that, I see that, I see that. <laughs> but we're still, we're still negotiating with Rika because you might want to, um, you know, venture off to... to... <laughs> but anyway, back to you, Mr. Phil. Yes, um, Rika is our res uh, permanent resident guest and um, give us a youth flavor, you know, and um, that makes sense. Sorry? I said, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, <laughs> the youth flavor. I'm, I'm like your Afro, by the way. Your Afro Thank is you. kind of like kicking it, you know. Thank so, you. Yeah, Thank man, you. bring the Afro back, you know. I can't even do that if I have tried, you know. <laughs> Game over Thank for you. me. <laughs> Game over for me, unless I get a wig. Isn't that, isn't that Mr. Leia? Yeah? <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Okay. Today we're going to be talking about what has been happening in Nigeria and uh, reflecting on Africa, but specifically Nigeria in the past couple of weeks we did a couple uh, we did a couple of videos talking about that and the first one we did was um evolution or revolution and uh, there i was a bit apprehensive and i explained why and um then unfortunately the shootings happened and right now if i can judge the mood it is that you know everyone is now kind of like tentative everyone is hurt everyone is um in pain about the whole thing the youth that were um being heralded before uh in in some quarters now are being demonized what do you think mr kalea yeah, it's a, it's a very, very um, sad and sober time for the country of Nigeria because um, it's, it, it, it was, uh, I was speechless on the 20th of October when um, youths that were demanding for the obvious, it wasn't, you know, they weren't even really demanding for themselves really. We're just asking for a change in the way things are run and starting with the NSARS movement. And being here in the UK, I've been part of the same movement and I've been demonstrating here. And, you know, there, there hasn't been any attacks on my persons, whether, whether it be physically, or we buy the police, even during COVID. So now to see the reaction on the other side of the pond in the, in the country in Nigeria, so how they um, they left the youth, and I just feel a great disconnect. 
between the the younger ones and the, the and the rest of the population. Now, when I say youth, we're talking about the ages of between maybe mid twenties to mid mid well forties, you know. So, or maybe even early forties, because it just seems like like people that are over the age of fifty don't see themselves as in in the same struggle. They see them as as oh, that's what the youths are doing, and we we we're, we're not being consulted. You know, which is really, really sad because um, the youth of the nation, I would say, have done everything that they've been born into. They've gone through the school system and they've left now, you know, the school and they're fending for themselves and they're just asking for a better country. I was so hurt heartbroken when I when I heard the gunfire and the fact that the military, I don't care whether they're Air Force, Army or Navy, it was the Nigerian military that opened live ammunition on, on youths, the nation's best, you could say, because these, these were Nigerians that were covered in Nigerian flags, singing the Nigerian anthem while they were facing bullets. Now, so that kind of bravery that they demonstrated that night showed me that they must be listened to, they must be respected. So anybody talking afterwards, I would like to see how brave they are when they see live bullets. So talk is cheap. Any quarters, I mean, any quarters that talk, it's just talk. You need to back your talk with action for me to really listen to you. And those youth did that. They stood their ground. They told them to disperse. They said no. They sat down on the ground and were singing the national anthem as they were being slaughtered. Now that is, I don't see anybody showing that kind of love for that country. I can't, I can't even see Buhari himself, the president. Yes, I said it on this channel. I cannot see the president of the country, nor the governor of U, U, um, Lagos, nor anybody showing that kind of loyalty to that country where they will sit down, sing the national anthem and face like bullets. If they can do that, then I will pay them exactly same respect as I'm paying the youth that, that are now left us and the ones that are alive, that are still fighting on, I commend them. Yes, um, they will be demonized. They will be spoken about that there's other ways of doing these things. There will be talking, there will be people coming with strategies and or the fact that they like no, they didn't have a, one single leader or leadership team. There will be all these conversations going on. But when it comes to courage, when it comes to standing up for what they believed in, I think, you know, they need to be held in the highest of esteems. So that, those, are my, those are my thoughts, Mr. Phil. Wow. Wow. Um, let me just say that I 
echo your sentiments and they truly displayed true loyalty and true love for that country more than anyone else can say like you pointed out but before i go for that let me bring rike into it how did it make you feel rike the events that have been taking place for the past week or so have been very um, hardening on my heart, you know. I I was saying just last week that, oh, my God, I'm so impressed with the way they all band together, you know, the way they're unifying. But now, look what they've gone and done. The army has come in and just killed people. For what reason? Because they wanted a change. So that's really saddening for me because there's a lot of things that I would like to change in this world. And if I was to demonstrate or anybody, the youth, the old, the young, if anybody's to demonstrate, they shouldn't be repaid with death, you know, just because they want change. So it's very, very upsetting and very frustrating that these things are taking place in, in the world today. And... It's, it's just, I'll be scrolling through Twitter and I just see atrocity after atrocity and I, I can't even go on social media anymore because it's, it's really hurting my heart to see my nation crumble like this. And for what? Because of small change. Seriously, there's been police brutality in Nigeria for how long and they're killing kids. Why? Why? That's the question I'm asking. I was even saying on the last episode that do we have to scream and shout for us to be heard? Now I don't even know because you can't peacefully demonstrate without them, you know, attacking you. Because people are unifying, unity is being demonized. They're trying to separate everybody. Why is that? So I don't feel very accepting of the events. I'm I'm very angry, if I'm honest. All right. The good news and the hope and the faith is that the bloodshed is not going to be in vain. Now, let me, I say that, and I know that sounds like a cliche, but there's a very good reason why I'm saying that. I say that because if you remember what I said um, the last, some, the episodes ago, I said, these have happened before. And blood has been shed before. And what Nigeria is going through now, whether we like it or not, is growing pains. And the growing pains is, you know, um, the blood that has been shed cannot be forgotten. And, you know, let me, let, let me just take us all towards the hope that we all desire. And first and foremost, let me first say, with all due respect, the older generation don't really know how to handle what is going on. And that is why there's a disconnect, Mr. Kmelay. It is easy to apportion blame when you don't have the answers. It is easy to apportion blame. Blame is a go-to. I think it's disingenuous for anybody right now to start saying anything negative about the youths that have lost their lives even about the youth that decided to start destroying things after they got shot. I believe it's, that is completely disingenuous. But that is the go-to what I, when I believe when everybody just lose their minds and, you know, everything is just in the air. Okay. 
Now, let me just say there is hope for Nigeria. But the hope for Nigeria is not where everyone is looking. Everyone is looking at the government. Everyone is even looking at the, the, the people. Everybody's looking at what this person will do, what that person said. Isn't it interesting that the governor said he did not give the order? The army said they did not do the shooting. The Air Force said they were not there. The police said they were at home. But someone shot somebody. Isn't it interesting? The, the head of state and the, um, the president said, I didn't give the order, order, but people died. Now, the point of this is that the, all the, the answer is not ever going to be found in that direction. The answer is never going to be found. The answer that we all crying out, change, the change that we desire is not going to be found in the government, in the leadership structure, even in the international community. The solution for the change is what we've been talking about. It will eventually have to come back to personal responsibility. Let me give you a story to back that up. Now I'm like, uh, suddenly I'm like a history buff. <laughs> but it's just that, you know, I, I, I have educated myself and I, I have informed myself about these things. Did you know that after the Second World War, two atomic bombs were dropped on Japan? Two atomic bombs. One, two. One on Hiroshima and one on Nagasaki so-called ended the Second World War. Now, one thing you may not know about atomic bombs is that when they drop an atomic bomb on any land, that land becomes completely obliterated. Not only does it become obliterated of houses, cars, human beings, anything standing is raised to the ground. But that land becomes radioactive for thousands of years. I said, are you hearing me? I said thousands of years. So what does radioactive mean? It means that that radioactive um, land, if you live near it, it's the plants or if the plants will not even grow. But if they dare grow, they will be so radioactive that it will go into your body and alter your DNA so that your offsprings now are not coming out deformed. They did not, they did not drop that bomb on one city in Japan. They dropped it on two major cities. I'm saying, I'm going somewhere with this. That was maybe 80 years ago now, thereabouts. Might not be accurate, but it's not, it's not 100 years yet. And... So they were devastated. They had nothing. Today, Japan is the superpower. So whatever problem we look at as, as Nigerians or Africans, nobody has dropped an atomic weapon on us yet. Without going too far, because I want to bring you guys in. Um, Japan 
apparently the elders got together after they were bombed. They were demobilized. They were they took weapons away from them so that they would not be able to be a threat to the world anymore. So they had nothing. And apparently, the elders of the Japanese that were al alive came together and said, what can we do? We have nothing. What can we do? And apparently, the only thing they could do was start dealing in steel. S-T-E-E-L, steel. You can't eat steel, can you? And apparently, they didn't even have steel. In Japan, they had to import it, process it, in a way that the Geneva Convention will think, okay, it's okay, you can do that. You are not a threat processing that. And that was the only commodity that Japan used to build slowly but surely back. That 80 years now, we call them one of the advanced places in the world. From nuclear, bomb dropped on them. That is, at least like I keep saying, we've not had nuclear bomb dropped on Nigeria yet, thank God. So we have huge hope. If we look in the right direction, I'm gonna let Leah and Rika come in now because then I'll tell you where the direction we should be looking at is. Leah, what do you think about that? Um, yeah, it's, it's commendable for Japan because they refused to, the reason why the atomic weapon was required at that time, I believe was because they refused to surrender and they needed to break their will. And it took, the, it took America dropping an atomic weapon on them for them to surrender. Funny, funny enough, still, they did not drop you on Europe. They did not drop you on, on Berlin. Um, they dropped it on Japan. Now, um, there are... There, we, could, we could talk about that, that on, a, on, a, on, a, another, on another night. But um, yes, I commend the Japanese. And I commend them for being where they are, from where they've come from to where they are today. Um, the, our history as Nigerians, as Africans, as motherland people, we, we, are, we don't belong to ourselves. We are under we are under a pretense independence, which is not really, if you, the minute you try and test the borders of your independence, you get strong resistance, which is, as, which is what happened with the shooting. So I, I would just, I like to add to what you said there, that don't let them, don't think that your fight is against your government because there's people behind them that you need to be aware of. Okay, you've, you've actually, you've actually touched 
um, some of the things I was going to touch as we go on, but carry on. Yeah, so um, so just just know that this game doesn't stop with the people that you think are controlling. Mm. And hence why um, Africa is the way it is. Mm-hmm. But um, there is hope. There is hope. Oh, I'm not continuing. There is hope. Where there's life, there's hope. Where there's life, there's choices to be made. Yeah. Where there's life, there's there's people that are not scared to take accountability, which is why even as I'm talking to you, I can see a tear pulling in my eye, you know, because it takes the youth of the country to stand up when all others will not. And I pray that they learn, they adapt and they come back stronger because that, that is what is required, you know, in terms of taking that accountability. Because freedom, as we all know, is bought with blood. Anywhere in the world you look at, it's not negotiated, it's pulled with blood. And, and they have already shown that they're, they're willing to pay that, that final sacrifice, that final price for their freedom. So back to, back to you, Mr. Phil. <laughs> um, well, as you are talking there, I remember South, South America. And you see, we human beings, we are all human beings around the world. And they went through this as well. And one woman spoke about blood being in the eyes. And it was the youth as well in South America. And so I won't go too far in that. But what Mr. Claire said earlier and said that, you know, your government really are not really, they're even victims themselves. A lot of people don't even know that even Bihari, as it is, is there, is a victim. There is a video that went around, and I believe, Mr. Claire, you saw this video, where that man, a white man, was breaking down how they make sure that Africa is underdeveloped. So for those people that don't know this, I'm going to give you an example of really what is going on. But before I do that, Rika, do you want to say something? Um. <laughs> I just dropped in Rika's laugh like that. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so is it over to me? Yes, over to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is a bit deep for Rika, man. Well, I get it, I get it. Now, okay, very quickly. Let's use food as an example. Imagine, so, because food, everybody knows food. So what is happening in Africa is this. Imagine this, you came to Africa, and imagine in Africa, you don't even have to plant anything. Rice just grows naturally. Yam grows naturally. Um, uh, peppers, everything you, make, you need to make food just grows naturally. You don't, you hardly even have seeds. It just, it just comes out of the ground, no stress. Then white folk came and said, look at these people. They got all this. Look at, they don't even have to plant. It just grows, everything just comes out of the ground. So white people said, you know what? 
what we'll do is this. We need to, we don't have that. Where we come from, this thing that they have. Now, this thing that I'm talking about now, think well, I'm really talking about raw materials, but I'm using mm-hmm. food as an example. Should I? You, you. So then they said, you know what? This is what we'll do. So they came to us and they said, you know what? You don't have to cook. Look at you. You're rich. You're children of the rich. God. God has given you everything. Don't cook. We will cook for you. We will cook. We will cook. Just give us raw materials. We have pots. They went to fashion pots. They even went to create restaurants. And they said, we have pots, we have, we will cook, and then you just buy for us a fraction of what you're, you're giving us your, your raw materials for, which is the food that is growing naturally on your ground. And our phobia said, you know what? Okay. Cook for us. So, they started, it's, it's, you know, I'm just using these stories to, for you to find, for you to see where we are today. So that now went for generations where they took, we gave them the um, raw food and they come and cook it and they send it back to us. Raw food in petroleum, they refine our petroleum. Even, I was telling Rike that we come from a region, and Leia, you may know this, we come from a region in Nigeria where cocoa grows like backyard. It just, it, it just grows. It becomes even a nuisance. Where we come from, from Inoshu State, cocoa just grows. Like I said, you don't even have to beg it to grow. It just grows. It even becomes an, a, an issue. Now, I was eating chocolate today and I was pointing out to Rika that, do you know this chocolate that I'm eating, I've just bought? What they used to make it comes from where our ancestors come from. Mm. And we don't have one chocolate factory. Mm. They've done that with all our mineral resources. So now we're not children that are used to eating in restaurants that are not owned by us. And to make it even worse, because this is the root of what is going on in Nigeria today, why everyone is suffering, everyone is fighting, everyone is me, is that everything that we have that we should use to be wealthy, we're giving it to people to cook outside and sell back to us. Yeah. Now it's now higher. The price that they were now paying to buy it back is higher than the price of the raw materials we're giving them to cook. At the beginning, it was lower. That means that the price we were using to buy it was lower than what they were buying the raw materials from us. But over time, like they will say, kurukere, kere, kurukere, <laughs> slowly but surely, they started, the price caught up, and now the price of our raw materials is lower than the finished product. Hence, I will use a mobile phone that has coltan in it. The coltan is sold, is bought like maybe $5, but the mobile phone is sold at $1,000 plus. 
the cocoa is brought by maybe two two pence or two uh, whatever, and I go to the shop and buy it at five pound. So again, I'm, this is very important that Nigerians know this that the solution where we're gonna go, the solution really is production. And I was sharing with Rick yesterday because if you don't produce anything, you don't have anything to. Wealth comes from what you produce and what that production fetches. Nigeria, for the past 50, 60 years, we used to produce, um, we used to produce cocoa, granite, palm oil, we used to do all that. But over time, we're now exclusively exporting. So the people dying on the streets now, remember I keep saying everything affects everything else. So really and truly, we these children, we need to learn, and this is probably we're going to round up now because obviously our videos can, can become long, but we... We are children of the rich man. It's like we're we're children, we're sport children of a rich father. Let me repeat. It's like we're sport children, Africans. We're sport children of a rich father. We don't know how to take care of ourselves. We don't know how to read hits in restaurants. And the people that own the restaurants like it that way. They needed that to continue that way. So even in their so-called education, they're complicit in making us not, first and foremost, this is the sentiment. And you can't blame them. I'm not saying it's bad or good or, or evil. I'm just saying that you can't really blame them because they're saying, look, make sure they don't know how to cook. Because the day they know how to cook, we're in trouble. Yeah. Now, their education is complicit because some of us, over time, over history, we've tried to say, ah, let me cook for myself. And then the mistake we make is we now bring a pot that we're trying to cook for ourselves. Then we now take it to them and to the restaurant and say, oh, look at my pot. What do you think of it? What do you think he's going to say? That is what we do with our, when we create our own production and we take it to the West. Look at what we're trying to do. They'll be like, discourage him. <laughs> what you're doing is crap. They'll start with that. If we don't stop, they will come and burn it down. Yeah. Or even say they like it. Buy it off you. Thank you. And they'll pay you never to, never to make another one. You see? And so for them, it's survival. Africa being destitute, in trouble, is profitable for them. But then again, you see, again, don't look at it as evil. Look at it as that is it's not their responsibility. And that's another thing in their education. In their education, they make you think it's their responsibility to take care of you. No, that is your responsibility. Mm. One of the greatest things they've done in their so-called education is make us defer to them. 
Let me tell you another story about Japan. Because see, Japan and China, they quickly learned this lesson. There was a time when English people were messing with them as well, just as they're messing with us right now. There was the opium wars. Look, you guys need to go and... History is very interesting. Opium wars. The British actually took opium to Japan one time to weaken them, got them hooked on opium so that because they wanted to take over Japan. There was a tea war with Chinese where they were fighting, you know, these things are readily available on the internet. Go and look at it. But Japan and China quickly knew that, look, it is not these people's responsibility to take care of us. Mm. We need to take care of ourselves. Guess what, yeah. Mr. Clare, you will remember this. In the 90s, when we we're here, do you know, remember when you would see Chinese everywhere? What did they have on them? They had cameras. Take picture. Mm. Take yep. picture. Take picture. Everywhere you see Chinese, it's like it's like Chinese and camera. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Snap, snap. Got it. They were snapping everywhere in the 90s, weren't they? Well. Okay, remind me about that. Remind me about that. Because again, some of you. That are that's older than you are older. You remember in the 70s, nobody liked chi Chinese or Japanese products. Japanese the... cars used to break down. Inferior the products. Cars mm -hmm. then used to be German cars. Pirate products. Thank you. Italian cars were the ones that they, if you see anything break down, it is always a Japanese car or a Chinese car. 70s, 60s, and 70s. The reliable machines then were the Germans, Mercedes, the Italians, road, road, um, even wristwatches. I remember there was wristwatches that time where it was Thank like, you. okay, Chinese. But do you notice that something has changed now? Hmm. Do you notice that from the 80s onwards, now Toyota, Japanese product, is the symbol of reliability? Yep. Yeah? Yep. So they were, okay, let me go back to the snap snap. Because when we came to London, I'm like, ah, what's this deal with Chinese and taking pictures of everything? You know what they were doing? They were taking pictures of everything, taking it back to China, China to go and reverse engineer everything. Hmm. How is this done? Because you can't, you cannot go to your competitor and say to your competitor, I want to do for myself so that I don't need to buy from you anymore. Nigeria, are you listening? This is the root of your problem. And the solution to your problem is production. And when you say production, guess what? The biggest good news is that it is all intellectual capital. Yeah. You don't have, the good news is that you don't have to go and beg Steal or borrow intellectual capital. The universe, just like the universe has given you raw materials in the ground, free of charge. Same, the universe inspires you. You come that's from the why, of kings. Yeah. That's why I was just going to add to what you just said there, that um, we look at Africa. And everybody's looking at the raw materials, the cocoa, 
the oil, the gold, the diamond, the 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 palm oil, palm, palm oil, the palm wine, the ogogoro that is even better than your English spirit. Mm-hmm. We're looking at all of this and we're amazed that we're blessed. But the most blessed thing in Africa is the people. Definitely. It's that intellectual capital, capital that you said there. Intellectual capital that cannot be that cannot be stopped by anybody but by yourself. So we see the riots. We see the killings. All that is growing pains. Let me tell you something I learned about pain. You see, the universe gave us pain for one thing. Uh, personally, I don't like pain. Honestly, I don't like pain until one day I understood, ah, this is why there needs to be pain. Imagine Mr. Kleye, imagine Rike. I realized that if you don't have pain, you guess what? You will just come home and you find out your, your foot is missing. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be like, what happened to my foot? Where did, you would not know where you left your foot. <laughs> you come yep. back home and you find two fingers missing. So pain is to let you know something is wrong. Mm. So that yep. you don't start leaving your body parts everywhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. So as Nigeria is going through pain now, it is telling you something needs to be fixed. That is and good also, news. You know, when you're when you're building your muscles, it's painful. Thank you. And to get stronger, you need to go through that pain of tearing your muscles and letting it heal and tearing it and letting it heal. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Clare, please, Rike. Just wanted to add one little thing. They please. say that pain is weakness leaving your body. So right now, we are mm. pained that we are in the situation where uh, we'll have to we have to do a part two to this actually so that we don't need Mr. Clay, let's run up. but we're paying now but I hope this is showing you guys where my my motive right here in this episode is to start slowly pointing you guys in the right direction. Yes sir because sometimes if I go like this, it, it, it might not be too, because sometimes I may not be impatient and I may want to go take you straight to the direct. No, no, no. We need to build it. Mm. So we're going there. The good news is that there's hope. The good news is that there's solution. So I'm going to hand over to Mr. Claire, then hand over to Rike to talk us out. Yes, sir. So, you know, it's, um, you know, for my, for the youths, the like you call yourself greatest Nigerian people, you know, you are a generation that this world has never encountered before. Your generation that has social media, which is something that the older generations don't have or don't even understand. So it would take everybody working together, but it would take you taking the front, taking the taking the bullets for them. Mm. Unfortunately. So we are with you. Yeah. And we we you know 
yeah, we will with you on this journey. Over to you, Rika. I second that. We stand with you, all the youth of Nigeria. And well, my prayer is that eventually some form of change starts happening with unity being the forefront of everything. Peace and love. Well, peace and love. Remember, um, there's, we're going to do a part two to this. There's hope, there's an answer, and it is good. You know, on that note, say goodbye, guys. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs>